0: I found a wonderful Amazon review of the book today. And I'd like to share this as part of the intro, I think our guests might not have heard it. And hopefully, it's a nice surprise. Metaphor is a way of pointing at a new way of looking, a new context in which we experience life, the invisible formless force that allows us to be aware of being aware. This book includes some lovely metaphors for coaches, therapists, or anyone looking into their inner world. It is a great pleasure to welcome the author of that book. It's a beautifully illustrated book with the most beautiful metaphors, metaphors, stories, and musings for the heart. George Pransky, Life as a Metaphor, thank you for joining us.
1: You know, I, th- I thought that I would begin by talking why metaphors. Now here's why i I love metaphors is you can say a lot in a few words. Some people go back and reread metaphors that they've already read, and every time they read it, they get something different.
0: George is also joined by his wife and longtime business partner Linda Pronsky, who's sitting alongside George. And George, I want to say as well, I'm very grateful that you've joined us on the show. I know you've had a stroke and that stroke impacts the language centers of your brain. And therefore, having you on the show is a great privilege. And we're very honored to have you on the show. Linda, perhaps you'd like to say a word as well.
2: As you said, a a stroke can affect the language center. And what happens is that, um, Words don't always come easily, yeah, and there's a medical terminology for it called aphasia, so that um, you know what you want to say, but the word doesn't come to mind and you have to word search within your own mind to find it, and sometimes that will you know stall George from speaking. it stops his his flow of, of speech, so that's why I'm here) yeah. <laughs> I'm here to help with that because <laughs> yes. I can pretty much read his mind at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm when he, he, you know he he really he, he, and the other thing is the aphasia comes and goes. So sometimes it's, he really doesn't even have it, and then other times, yeah. for whatever reason, and there's no rhyme or reason, it just will kick in. But also, you know, it's it's much easier for me to read it at this point than it is for him. So I'll be reading the metaphors that were that, I'll be reading from the book that and the metaphors that we're going to talk about.
0: So I, I thought what we might do is take three of your favorite, and and I really want to emphasize how how beautiful the book is from an illustration perspective, and as George said, the metaphors, you read them and each time something different comes to mind. And it was difficult to even prepare for the show because I had read it a few times the book. And each time I was like kind of gone, Oh, maybe I'll say that maybe I'll say that because a different a different idea came to mind. So Bravo, George. So why don't you guys pick your free three favourite metaphors? And on the screen, I'll show an illustration showing that metaphor as well. And then we'll also give a great indicator of how much people will enjoy the book. So maybe over to you guys, Linda and George, you pick your favorite three.
1: What would you, do you have a favorite that you'd like to, well, to read? Well, I, I love, like the investment involved.
2: You know, that's so funny, I was gonna say the same Because
1: Because uh, business people-
2: Very relatable.
1: Yeah, they, 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 they let, relate that really well. Mm-hmm. They really understand. Uh, That metaphor.
2: Okay, I'll read it then.
1: Yeah.
2: It's called Investment Involvement. Involvement is how much you know, or actually, involvement is how much you throw your heart and soul into what you're doing. People do their best when their involvement is the highest. They also get more enjoyment out of what they are doing when they are involved. Investment is how much you care about outcome. It's asking how emotionally invested you are in being successful. When we are invested, we feel as if our well being is attached to outcome. If things don't happen in our favor, this affects our moods and how we see ourselves. High investment is very bad for human beings, it makes us tense, it is a distraction. It takes us out of the moment and out of involvement. We would all do well to not worry about outcome. Humans often live their lives worrying about outcome. We worry if this will happen or if it won't happen or we're making the right choices. This takes so much energy. Winning or losing a game is only a small sliver of our lives. We spend most of our time playing why not choose high involvement and enjoy it? And it's really, it's really true, when a person is involved and throw their heart and soul into something, they're not thinking about outcome, they're just thinking about what's in front of them and they're totally engaged. And that quality of involvement or engagement is what makes the outcome good.
1: Yeah.
2: Not the worry. It feeds,
1: it feeds back to, the,
2: to the, uh, outcome. the outcome, and the worry undermines, and the distraction undermines, and the tense, being tense about outcome, undermines your performance.
1: Now, I, I, I recently was talking to a businessman, business and he said to me, George, how come I didn't know that? How come I didn't connect the dots? If I had connected dots, I would
0: have seen that on on my own. From my perspective, I I just I thought of uh, a very funny story about the uh, when you, when you think of the breakfast plate that the the chicken is involved providing the egg, but the pig is invested because <laughs> <laughs> providing the bacon, it's a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you like the river?
1: Yes. Or do, you want,
2: or do you have
1: another one in mind? No. Any Okay. I like all, all of them. All of them. This is yeah. the river.
2: This is one of my favorite ones. A river might have turbulence and driftwood on the surface. It may appear that the clutter and turbulence is the true nature of the river. But the driftwood and the turbulence in the river is only a thin layer, and below is pure tranquil water liken the river to our minds. At the surface is habitual mental activity as we emotionally react to life. But below that is the deeper waters, the deeper consciousness within us. Explore those waters and you will see there, they are much more powerful and intelligent than the busyness that lies at at your mental surface. Every human's consciousness is connected to the ultimate water table we call mind. I love that
1: metaphor. Yeah.
2: So how does that strike you?
0: No matter how what no matter what's going on, you have a choice to be able to take yourself away and find peace. So it's like the idea that you know you you can you can always rise above it. You can always find the peaceful choice. And by doing so, it actually will infect your affect your experience for the better. And you can actually be more present then as well. And the other thing it said to me was that th- there's so much going on in life th- and that busy thing that busyness of life is often stuff that's least important, yet it preoccupies so much of our thoughts. And to be able to stay still is 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 a gift.
2: Yes, and for me it's like I see it as we can always take a deep dive into our greater intelligence and find answers that we can't find on the ment- our mental surface within the busyness of our, uh, the surface of, of our mind. So I like the deep dive.
1: So that, that's why people have so much respect for reflection, the mm-hmm. process of reflection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reflection is the way that people get inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's why reflection has so much Since so it's, it's a good price, we might say.
2: Well, I don't think people
1: appre- appreciate
2: reflection as a way or a route yeah. to quieting their mind and, and, and getting below the surface. I think people feel like the more they analyze, Yeah. You know, they'll get the answer, but the more they analyze something, the more turbulence.
1: Yeah. And the more driftwood.
2: But the more they reflect, the deeper they go into their their inner mind.
1: Let's do uh, a, a, another, one? another one, yeah.
2: You want to do the classic and the clunker?
1: Yeah. Okay. That'd be great.
2: One morning, a man was heading out the door for work. His state of mind was low. He hadn't slept the night before and he was fighting with his wife. He'd forgotten to make breakfast and had spilled toothpaste on his favorite shirt. As he was getting into his car, his new neighbor walked by. Nice ride, the neighbor said, nodding to the man's car. The man thought about his rusted hubcaps and the crack in the windshield which he meant to fix. He could also see the car was due for a paid job. His neighbor must be crazy to compliment his ride, or maybe he was just being rude. This old clunker, the man said, this thing's a piece of garbage. The next morning, the man was in a better mood. He and his wife made amends. He'd slept great and had time to make breakfast for his family. He was excited to start his day as he was Getting into his car, he remembered what his neighbor had said. He looked down at his car. It was like looking at a different car. He realized how well it had held up over the years. My neighbor was right, the man thought to himself. I'm so lucky to have this classic car. Our state of mind changes how we view reality. So essentially, when we're in a low mood, we see things, we see life differently than when we're in a high
1: mood, that's right.
2: When we're in a high mood, we see the assets. Yeah. When we're in a low mood, we see the frailty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and that's it's so true about people. And but they don't they don't stop often to realize that yeah. that what they're seeing is mood related. And and the only downside is if they act on something like they're in a low mood and they quit their job. Yeah, or they're in a low mood and they quit their wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it becomes problematic. Yeah, but if people understand that they're that 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 they're in a low mood, it really helps them negotiate life.
0: I love that one. I found it made me more grateful as well for what I have uh, in the moment. So I, I, you know, to me, it also meant that uh, that what if what you have is is a classic. <laughs> so be be grateful for it.
1: Well, you know, I love the fact that the metaphors deliver so much information in a in such a, a short time. I, I, I think that's really, so that's where the profundity comes in. In, in George Pransky's mind uh metaphors have a, a certain profundity that really is is delicious
0: I agree man I absolutely agree I'd love uh, if you if you have time for one more it'd be wonderful if you wanted to pick one more
2: well, why don't you pick one well, you pick one
0: okay well I, I I have one I have one I I love this one I think you guys I think you guys do too as well and um it's the costume shop.
2: Okay. Let me find it here. Okay. Consciousness. And basically we, t- we define consciousness as just what you're aware of is what you're conscious of in the moment. It could be, you know, conscious of a vase of flowers or conscious of a memory or conscious of, um, your leg aches. So consciousness is, is just where, where your attention goes. Consciousness is the ultimate costume shop. Our consciousness disguises thought to look like reality. It dresses up each moment of our day to look a certain way to us. This means when our thoughts are negative, our consciousness selects pieces from the part of the costume shop for a a Shakespearean tragedy. (laughs) When our thoughts are more positive, full of goodwill, and love our consciousness instead might slip pieces from a more upliving uplifting section of the shop, perhaps a comedy or a Broadway musical. This is the role of consciousness. When the world looks dark, it's our job to see past the disguise.
0: I love it. That's the thing, it's it's things look grim sometimes, but you gotta just strip them back down. See them see them for what they are
1: and, and it's it's nice to know that the 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 grimness is doesn't really it, it, things aren't really grim they only look grim temporarily
0: i agree george I, I i really took that from it as well that it's it's a moment in time it's not all time I'm gonna be greedy now, and I'm (laughs) gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for one more. So I'll let you, I'll let you guys pick it. They're your beauty. So I'd love you to, to pick whichever one you'd like to finish on.
2: Which one do you like, honey? Pick
0: the one
2: that you like. I like "Out of the Mouths of Babes." Okay, because that's it's very profound. um, It's really about expectation and how expectation does us in. When my grandson was little, he loved staying at our house overnight.
1: Oh, I love this one.
2: One day after a sleepover, my wife, which is me, told him we were taking him home. He dissolved into crocodile tears. What's wrong, sweetheart, said my wife. That's me. That's you, yeah. I told myself I'd be be staying overnight again, and now you are taking me home. That's what's wrong. But I didn't tell you or stay. I didn't tell you you'd be staying overnight. I know, but I told myself. (laughs) (laughs) I told myself is a profound aspect of the human experience. Yeah, we are telling ourselves something with every thought we have, and the feelings we get from those thoughts, even when they aren't based on what is really happening. So. We, we are telling ourselves things, and particularly expectations, what we're expecting or wanting in life, and then when it doesn't work out, we get this, the feeling of disappointment. So thought and disappointment go together, hand in glove.
1: I just love that. I told my I told myself that. I
2: told myself I'd be staying overnight.
1: <laughs> and he had these crocodile tears. Yeah, yeah,
2: he made it up.
1: Oh, man. That was... And we're, we're, that's the, That's what youth is all about.
2: One well, is relationships as well. We get we tell ourselves that our mate or our partner, you know, is a certain way or like certain things, or and then we find out it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we tell our you know or be friends or you know we tell ourselves about people and it and it may not be based in fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: based in expectation. It's an absolute pleasure spending time with you, and um, I think you've left a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful gift with the world, giving us this. And I, I highly, highly recommend it. It, it. You can pick it up, and you can just read one over a cup of coffee, and just contemplate, and just be in the moment, and and it will mean something different to every single person who reads it, and every time you read it, and it's just a beautiful book. I'm going to link to where to find it. A link to where to find you guys as well in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for joining us, uh Linda and George, author of Life as a Metaphor, George Pransky and Linda Pransky. Thank you for narrating as well. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah.